When you think about Greek life, Christian faith might be the absolute last thing that comes to mind. But we not only believe that it's possible to be Greek and Christian, but also that it's the best way to experience Greek life and grow your faith. We have real, honest conversations about how to approach Greek life from a Christian perspective, including things like recruiting and pledging, drinking and drugs, sex and dating, leadership and philanthropy, and much more. This podcast is by Greeks and for Greeks. Our hosts and guests are all members of fraternities and sororities who collectively have decades worth of experience living out their faith in Greek life. Welcome to the Greek and Christian podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Allison, your host of the Greek and Christian podcast. And this week I am flying solo for this episode. So if you've been listening for a while, you know that there's a variety of fun co-hosts who often join me on the podcast, Mark and J-Mac and Becky. Uh, And we even had Mel this season. Uh, But today I am flying solo. And this is our ninth episode of the season on leadership. Um, And we think this might be our final episode of the, the season, and I'll, I'll get into our topic. Uh, but just to remind us of kind of where we've been, uh, like I said, this whole season has been about leadership. Um, and I think for us as Greeks, we kind of get the whole like secret sauce of leadership. Uh, but what about spiritual leadership? What does it look like for us to be spiritual leaders in our chapters? Maybe you are interested in starting a Bible study in your chapter, or maybe you're already leading one, um, or maybe. God is just starting to grow this desire in you to connect your faith with your Greek leadership. Uh, so this season, uh, we have focused on all kinds of different challenges uh, to our leadership as Christians. Uh, so we've talked about success and failure. Uh, we've talked about managing busyness and handling image and reputation. Uh, We had an awesome episode on mental health and anxiety, um, and we even had an episode on dealing with crisis. Uh, But this week, we are going to be talking about legacy, leaving a legacy, and I think that's a great uh, final episode for the season. We might have a few bonus episodes on leadership, we'll see, uh, but for now, we thought that talking about legacy is a great way to end our season on leadership. Um, And I think it's super common as Greeks. We want to be remembered when we graduate, right? And we want to be remembered for the good things we do or the things that we're proud of. (laughs) Maybe not the uh, things that make us notorious, perhaps that uh, crazy evening out you had or that embarrassing moment uh, at a date party, (laughs) although those are fun memories. Uh, But we do, I think we want to leave a good legacy. Um, And I think our national and international organizations talk about leaving a legacy constantly. So I remember uh, in Pi Phi, uh, hearing over and over again from you know my big sister, from our chapter president, and from our advisors about leaving a legacy and leaving uh, our Pi Phi chapter in a better place than when we joined. That was a big thing uh, that we talked about in Pi Phi. Um, and I think the same is true for our spiritual leadership. I think if you're leading a Bible study or you're thinking about leading one, you might also be thinking about what kind of spiritual legacy you want to leave, how uh, you want to lead something um, or share your faith in a way that lasts beyond when you graduate. Um, 
And that was certainly true for me. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I led a Bible study in PiFi uh, when I was a student. And then I led, um, I tried to get Greek IV started on my campus. Um, and that was a very real thing for me. So I had someone who went before me, Melissa, um, who led the Bible study. She passed it on to me. And in the same way, I wanted to pass on my leadership so that the Bible study lasted after I graduated. Uh, but again, if you've been listening, you know that the Bible study did not continue on, that I tried really hard to pass it on um, and it just didn't work. And so I think one of the questions I want us to think about is, does that mean that I did not leave a legacy of faith in PiFi? Uh, did I fail at leaving a legacy? And so I think it's important for us to talk about that because I think some of those fears can really get in the way of our leadership and of us taking risks in our faith um, in our Greek experience. Uh, so this week's guest uh, is awesome. He has a lot of great insights on uh, leaving a legacy in your leadership and in your faith. Um, and so I'm going to bring him on right now. Uh, our guest this week is Steve Lambert. Hey, Steve. Hey, Allison. Thankful to be here. Excited to talk about this topic here. Absolutely. I'm so glad you're here. I wanted to get you on for a while. So this is fun for me. Um, and hey, I'm going to talk you up a little bit. Uh, so Steve is an alumnus of Sigma Alpha Epsilon or SAE at Central Michigan University. Uh, and he currently works uh, for Greek University. He's been working with Greek University for, I believe, over 10 years. Is that right? That is correct. This is year 11. Did you just celebrate 10 years? Uh, yeah. Last oh, year, yeah. nice. Um, and so, yes, he is a national leader within Greek InterVarsity. So he is the regional coordinator for Greek InterVarsity in Michigan. Is it Michigan, Lower Peninsula? And then is it part of Ohio as well or just the Lower Peninsula? Uh, just the Lower Peninsula. We gave the Upper Peninsula to Wisconsin. So it's, it's just the Lower Peninsula here. <laughs> That's right. Yep. And so he serves schools. I mean, you know, you think about uh, some of the big name schools like Michigan State, University of Michigan. Uh, he also, you know, serves the students and staff at Central Michigan, Grand Valley, Western Michigan University. I mean, there's way yeah, you're too many alma mater. I, I get to supervise them. That's right. That's right. And um, maybe our audience doesn't know this, but Western Michigan and Central Michigan are rivals. So I am speaking with my rival today, but that's all right. I'm going to set that rivalry aside uh, for this conversation. <laughs> Me too. Awesome. Well, Steve, we've been asking all our guests this question because I think it gives some fun insights uh, to our guests' Greek experiences. And so every Greek system has its traditions. Greek week, homecoming, step shows, midday. What was your favorite tradition or event while you were Greek at CMU? Yeah, that's an easy one for me. Um, Greek week at Central Michigan is huge. It's kind of the holy grail of Greek life um, here. Uh, so they were, they were really bummed in COVID year when they couldn't really do it. But the pinnacle of that week is mock rock. And I love to dance. And so we would practice late at night for hours for like two weeks straight. Um, and I just loved like being a part of it, being on a team and being able to have fun. Uh, throughout that experience. And being a man of smaller stature, I was often the one that was thrown in the air uh, or given acrobatic uh, you know, assignments. So uh, at one point, I was forced to learn how to do a backflip. Uh, I was stunted in the air. I learned how to cheerlead. 
Um, and they also used me as a human jump rope once. Um, so I had lots of fun experiences being a part of the mock rock competition. If you were at the dance party at Leeds Summit, you saw some of my moves um, this year uh, that came out during the uh, CMU mock rock experiences. So yeah, I blessed you with my grace uh, at Leeds Summit. But. I'm really impressed, Steve. Um, we also had a mock rock component during Greek week okay. and uh, Pi Fi was always terrible. <laughs> we were not good because we just did not attract uh, the people who were dancers. Oh, um, in fact, my senior year, because I, I like to dance, but I'm not good at like choreographed dancing. Um, right. I advocated for myself to uh, be on the side of the oh, stage, yeah. not involved <laughs> in dances. Yes. Yes. So, and actually that year we did very well. We, I think we got third place. So maybe because I opted out of dancing, that's why we did better. I don't know. We all, we all have our <laughs> own role to play, right? That's right. That's right. Well, I'd love to start a little bit with uh, your leadership background. Uh, so how did leadership play a role uh, for you in your experience as an SAE at Central? Yeah, well, I mean, leadership is actually one of the main reasons why I joined my fraternity, um, SAE at Central. As a freshman, uh, a lot of the brothers I saw in leadership uh, roles in, in campus and other organizations were brothers of SAE. And so I wanted to be shaped and formed and developed by these men of character. And so I joined uh, the chapter my freshman year. Um, and when I, when I did join, uh, I was just really blessed to be surrounded by just a lot of competent individuals and examples of those good leaders. Um, our chapter had actually won like chapter of the year a, pr a year prior. And so you know, looking back, I now know why we won that award, because just the men I joined were just of such integrity and, um, and excellence. Um, and so I really, yeah, it was, was shaped and formed by some solid, solid men. Um, and even some of those experiences and in, in our chapter meetings or conversations with some of the e-board members during that time, I still remember those like 10 years later and like have seen God use those in my job today or like, you know, in my homeowners association. I wish they actually learned how to follow the Robert's rules of order. That would make things so much easier if everyone just like knew how to run meetings like that, you know? Um, so, but it, it really was an invaluable experience, um, leadership in my fraternity and, and growing in that. Excellent. You know, I also miss the Robert's rules of order. I feel like they would come in handy in a lot of everyday things, even yeah. a lot of like tense interactions that you have with people. I mean, you know, if every time someone needed to address me, they said, Madam Allison, that'd be great. <laughs> point of order, all that good stuff. Oh, man. Um, exactly. Point of order. Can I get a second? <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, Steve, this week, like I said, our topic is leaving a legacy. And I'd love to hear, like, what comes to your mind when you think of leaving a legacy? Yeah, I think um, uh, an image that came up to me is just like fingerprints. Um, and when you think about, like, what is the, the fingerprints you leave behind or the residue you leave behind when you've been somewhere or been in someone's life? Um, and so when I think of leaving a legacy. It means, you know, really, um, what are people going to remember, both the good, the bad? Um, and it, it also could be your legacy could be small. Or, or large um, as well. Um, you can have a very big impact or a small one. Um, so I think also, you know, when you, 
when you consider your legacy on the front end, like when you're still in a relationship or still in an organization, you have the opportunity to be intentional with the legacy you want to leave behind. Um, but you know, when you're, you're unintentional or unreflective, um, that's when we often, you know, don't leave the legacy we want. Um, and, uh, and we, you know, have those regrets when we look back on our experiences or relationships. Um, so, and, you know, the, the changes we work so hard to, to make happen in organizations or, you know, relationships we have, like they can be so quickly eroded or forgotten if we don't lead with the end in mind um, and, and think about what does that look like to create that long lasting experience. Um, so, yeah, those are some thoughts on, on what that's like and what I've experienced in my life, too. Mm. I'd love to hear a little bit about your spiritual leadership in SAE. Um, like, did you lead a Bible study or, you know, were you a leader in Greek University? Can you tell me a little bit more about you know, your faith and the role it played in your leadership? Yeah. So as I said, I, I was very blessed to have a group of guys that actually had already started a Bible study in my fraternity. So I was actually the third generation of chapter ministry leaders um, by the time I joined. Um, it still was a pretty young chapter. It was only five years old. Um, but uh, I took it over from Brent and Nick. They passed uh, the baton off to me. I actually still have the note that they that uh, Brent wrote me, um, kind of commissioning me to be the chapter ministry leader. Um, so, you know, really was a, a formal baton toss. Um and my big brother, Eric, and I co-led the Bible study for a couple of years. And yeah, it went really well, actually. We had about 20 guys come in pretty regularly from all across the faith spectrum. So we had atheists, agnostic, you know, Jewish brothers coming, as well as confused Christians and solid believers. Um, so it really was a beautiful experience of helping brothers connect with their faith or explore their values even. Um, and uh, one of the things we really tried to do was tie in our creed, the true gentleman, to uh, Jesus's life and how Jesus modeled the values and the creed that we had in SAE and that he was like the best example of that. And so it was really accessible for all of our brothers to, to check out because they believed in the creed, they believed in the values of, of our fraternity, but they had never seen how Jesus embodied those. And so they were really curious and eager to learn uh, about that. So. Those are some fun things we got to do uh, when I was in my fraternity. That's really cool. I love hearing about how you connected like your creed um, to the Bible study, because uh, I think that's, you know, a lot of people enter Greek life and they're surprised to find that there are like either values that connect mm -hmm. with Christianity or like direct, you know, quotes of scripture and things. And I, I think that's a really easy way that we can connect our faith with being Greek. Um, well, talk to me about legacy a little bit, the legacy of faith, uh, that you maybe left. Um, and so I'd love to hear, like, did you leave a legacy of faith and leadership in your fraternity? You know, what did that look like? Or what did that mean for you when you think about leaving a legacy? And is there anything you would have done differently? Yeah. Well, uh, my fraternity has not been kicked off campus, so uh, that's a good thing um, that uh, my chapter still exists at Central Michigan after uh, about 10 years of being out of it. Um, and they have had a Bible study on and off throughout that 10 years. Um, and so as far as you know, my legacy, one of the things uh, I remember doing was we actually changed the name of our Bible study to Devotees Devotionals, um, because one of our founders, Noble Leslie Devotee, was a Baptist minister. 
And so we kind of did a playoff of his name. Um, and they still call the Bible study devotees devotionals, uh, even to this year. Um, so, you know, I have that uh, legacy there um, that has continued. Um, but, you know, what, what really has been fun is actually catching up with brothers, uh, alumni brothers years later to see where they're at in their spiritual journeys. And I've had so many brothers over the years that, you know, might still be atheist or agnostic reach out and say, hey, I'm, I'm kind of curious about faith. Can we talk? And we've had Zoom sessions. I've met with them for coffee or lunch. Um, and, you know, I know that the seeds were planted years ago um, in those Bible studies in the chapter house, and they know they can reach out, you know, 10, 15 years down the road. Um, and they reference, you know, oh, I remember you led Bible studies. So like, can we chat, you know? Um, or I talked with one of my brothers, Craig, he came to faith a couple of years ago and he said, I wish I would have gone to more of those Bible studies, but those Bible studies and your leadership um, helped plant the seeds uh, and, and kept it on my radar, at least, um, that when I was ready to explore my faith, um, you know, I had a foundation uh, of knowing what to look for, or who to go to. Um, so I think that that's been neat to see God continue that legacy in my brother's lives as alumni. Uh, but also even in the chapter too, uh, that they've continued to have a, a value for Bible study and experiencing that together as a brotherhood. That's awesome, Steve. I agree with you. Um, you know, I mentioned before my Bible study did not continue on yet seeing the stories of my sisters years down the road uh, has been a way that I've seen the legacy of faith. Uh, that I left and that God is still at work in my sister's lives, um, even if, as we've graduated and, and moved across the country. And yeah, I mean, I, I have also had sisters, you know, reach out randomly years later saying like, hey, I, you know, I never went to the Bible study, but yeah. just knowing it was there, you know, it, it was huge for me. And now I am looking into my faith you know, or, or seeing some sorority sisters. This is cool. I saw a sorority sister post on social media. This was now a couple of years ago, but, you know, asking like, hey, does anybody have experience in you know, knowing how to read the Bible? I just want to read my Bible again. And it was a great way for me to, wow. you know, reconnect with her and, you know, talk. And so, yeah, I'm totally with you. Those stories of, you know, even if you didn't know that God was working through your leadership, you find out years later um, are really powerful. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, um, we're going to get more into practical tips, right? You've heard Steve share about his experience. I shared a little bit about mine, which is awesome. But what does this mean uh, for you personally? What are some real practical ways that, that we can leave a legacy in our spiritual leadership? And uh, we had Steve share with us a little bit about the spiritual legacy. Steve, I loved hearing uh, devotee, devotees, devotions, that that name mm -hmm. continued on after you graduated. Uh, that's really fun uh, that that's still a thing. Um, so, you know, I want to get into the practical side and really help 
our audience apply what we've been talking about to their own situation. And so, you know, many of our students who are listening, they're leading Bible studies in their Greek chapters, or maybe they're thinking about it, um, and they want to make sure that, you know, their spiritual leadership outlives their time in college. And so what practical tips do you have for them as they thinking they think about passing on their leadership or inviting someone to lead with them? Yeah, uh, I've got a few tips here, but the, the first one I think um, I'll start with is um, invest in the younger members of your chapter. Um, and oftentimes we feel pressure to just pass on the ministry to anyone who will take it. Uh, because we don't want this really good thing to stop. Um, but I think when we are intentional to plan who to entrust the Bible study with or the chapter ministry with, um, that can really uh, set up the longer, that, that's the long game view rather than the short term view. And so that might mean that the Bible study doesn't happen for a semester because that younger person that you've invested in might need some more time to mature, but that might be the better call than passing it off to someone that's not ready. Um, just because, you know, you need someone to lead it, to fill the room. Um, so as far as investing in that younger generation, I think it takes some sacrifice and intentionality on, especially older leaders to go to the new member mixers or ask that freshman or sophomore to go to lunch or coffee and get to know them outside of the Bible study um, and, and have opportunities to cast vision for their potential um, to talk about, you know, what's their, what do they, what do they want their legacy to be as a younger member uh, they've got a few years left, you know, you can call out those things in them, uh, even when they're young, and they'll remember that um, when they continue on. And so they might step in to lead the Bible study right after you, but they might not. But either way, that's, I think, one way we can guarantee that legacy and that impact will continue beyond us. Um, and hopefully they'll continue that development in other people too. So invest in younger people. That's the first tip. Um the second one is empower others to uh, own their chapter ministry with you by serving in some way. You know, you could give members some bite-sized tastes of leading. So you could have them lead the prayer at the beginning or the end. Um, you could ask them to invite some key members from a pledge class. Um, you could ask them to give rides to freshmen or people that don't have cars. Uh, but giving them an opportunity to own their chapter ministry with you um, really helps people see that God can use them, even in small ways. And when you follow up and say, hey, thanks again for helping out in that way, would you like to do that again? Would you like to do something more? Um, that helps them kind of take that step uh, towards leadership um, in greater ways that isn't as scary as, hey, will you lead the whole next Bible study? Because um, that can be a little bit too much for people. So empower people. Um, in some, some small ways can really help raise their desire and interest. Um, and then uh, a third thing is discern in community. So sometimes when we're thinking about passing off our leadership to someone else, uh, we can feel the pressure. We have to get it right. We have to choose the right person. Who's the chosen one to have our Bible study? Um, but I think, you know, God invites us into community and to discern in community. And so talking with your staff worker, Greek Ivy staff worker, if you have one, uh, or talk to other leaders um, and get their feedback on some people you're considering passing it off to. They might know things about that person that you don't, or they might have some different perspectives. And uh, I think that also helps us to overcome our own biases, confirmation bias, kind of choosing people that are just like us. 
um, which again might not be the best fit for the next leader. Um, and so I think that's a really helpful thing is discerning in community. And then lastly, once you do pick somebody, once someone steps up, give them ongoing support. Um, help onboard them, teach them what they need to know, check in regularly. And even if you're an alumni, you can continue to offer encouragement, prayers, support, uh, feedback. Um, and so I think that that's a very valuable piece. And a lot of times when Greeks leave a position, they don't continue that relationship with the person after that. That's just a process in Greek life in general. You know, you're the president, then you move on or whatever. But I think as alumni, as spiritual leaders, we can continue to invest in the current chapter ministry leaders of our chapter. And I've seen that be so encouraging for current CMLs when an alumni reaches out or offers them some encouragement or wisdom in some way, shape, or form. Um, it's so valuable because it, it can be hard being a CML uh, chapter ministry leader. And so having that support of those that have gone before you can be crucial. Yes. Oh, Steve, those are so great. And I think we're going to put a blog together with those four tips that you outlined. So, and we'll attach it to the show notes so that you can go back and we'll look at these, but I'm going to like list them again. I took notes while yeah. we were talking. I was like, okay, I got to write these down because they were such like gold. Um, and so, okay, here's my summary first, right? Invest in younger people in your chapter. I love that because I think the temptation as a leader uh, can be to just like reach out to the people you know right? To like reach out to your pledge class or to stay within your little clique in your fraternity or sorority. But I agree with you, like reaching out to those younger members, connecting with them, supporting them spiritually, because they could be the person who takes over leadership of this Bible study. So that was one. Number two, empower others to serve with you. I am terrible at this. So I am, uh, I, I have this independent streak um, and I just like to do things myself. It's hard for me to ask mm -hmm. other people for help or to tr entrust things to other people. And so this is always a growing edge for me. Um, and if you in the audience are hearing this and you're like, oh yeah, same with me, like maybe that's a tip that you put into practice this week now, giving just little bite-sized responsibilities to people in your chapter ministry so that they take ownership of it. Cause I think that was one of my issues, Steve, of why it didn't continue on is because mm. I was the only one who took ownership of it. I didn't, you know, give other people opportunities to exercise um, even small tasks of leadership in our, our Pi Fi Bible study. Um, three, discern in community. I love that. Uh, either like, talking with, if you have a Greek IV staff worker or a mentor, um, or you have friends who are also leading in their fraternity or sorority, getting together with them and just praying together and, you know, asking good questions about how to leave a legacy of faith in your chapter. And then the fourth one, give that next leader your ongoing support. That is awesome. Uh, Cause totally, I remember when I uh, stopped uh, when I, I was a VP in my sorority and I remember when my term was done, I was out of there. I didn't want to have yep. anything to do with it anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that can be our temptation when we graduate, right? Of like, oh, that was just that thing I did in college and now I'm done. Um, but you're right. I think it's a huge way we can encourage uh, that next generation of leadership. I mean, I love the way that the guys wrote you a letter who passed the Bible study mm -hmm. on to you. I just think that's a really supportive and encouraging thing uh, that we can do for the next generation of leaders. Yeah, yeah. 
And I, I'll say this too, I didn't do all of these great myself when I was a CEO. This is, this is stuff I've learned over the years. Right. Um, and I think I did, when I passed my Bible study off, I did not do a great job about giving them bite-sized experiences before. And it, it, they struggled a little bit after mm. that. Um, so I, I, that would be one regret I do have is I wished I would have involved them in leading the chapter ministry before I passed it off entirely. Um, so again, I, I, like you just said, this is stuff they could do this week with their, with their sisters or brothers. Um, so hopefully, you know, it's pretty easy enough to put into practice. Totally. And, you know, I think the tips you listed, like, you know, maybe some people listening to this just started their Bible study. Like, you know, maybe you're a sophomore, maybe you're a freshman or a junior and you're like, oh, I got time. You know, I, I just started this. And yeah, I mean, you do have some time, which is awesome. But I think you can employ all of these tips now um, and it'll actually like give you a lot more time to cultivate those future leaders. Um, and, you know, so I think even if you just started leading this semester, you can totally you know, be investing in younger people in your chapter, you know, empowering others to serve with you, discerning in community, um, and then preparing yourself, you know, to give that support for that upcoming leader. Um, so yeah, wherever you're at, I think there is something you can apply this week. I think a, a good challenge I would give the chapter ministry leaders um, across the country is try and multiply yourself every semester. Um, so even if you are a freshman, if you are starting a Bible study, what would it look like to raise another leader up in your chapter by the end of that semester? By again, kind of investing in these different ways. Uh, by the end of your you know, senior year, you could have raised up eight other women or brothers that uh, could lead the Bible study. Um, and you know, sometimes that's not possible. Sometimes you know, you're the solo leader for a while. Um, but I have seen it where students really take that that challenge and invest in the younger people. They empower them. And one sorority at CMU had nine women that have led the Bible study that were active in the chapter still. They hadn't graduated yet. Um, and together they were able to kind of cover the other 70 women in prayer and discipleship and encouragement because there were so many people that were equipped and able to lead. Um, and that started with a freshman that had the vision to uh, leave that legacy of leadership uh, in her chapter and, and not just uh, hold that all on her own. That's so good. I love that challenge of like multiplying yourself each semester um, and not stopping with, oh, I just have someone to take over, but, you know, continuing to think about multiplying your leadership and, and passing it on. Um, and that note, I mean, are there any other words of advice or encouragement that you have uh, for leaving a legacy? Yeah, I think, you know, one scripture that really comes to mind, Allison, is 2 Timothy 2, verse 2. Um, it's just a brilliant scripture that highlights this point of legacy and leadership development. Um, Paul the Apostle writes to Timothy, one of his own kind of apprentices or people he raised up. And uh, as he's writing to, them, to Timothy, he says, you know, Timothy, entrust what I have taught you to others who will be able to teach others. And so he really just names this vision of Timothy. I don't want this to stop with you. I want this to continue past you and past those people you pass it off to. This kind of three more generations of leadership that Paul mentions here. And, um, you know, I think, you know, he was a, a, a developer of other people. Um, you know, 
he didn't just do this whole leadership thing on his own. Um, you know, in Acts 16, he invites Timothy to join him in the missionary journey. He teaches Timothy how to, to lead. And then eventually he gives Timothy his own church. And then he tells him to do the same thing that he did. He modeled that. Um, so I've just always been inspired by Paul and Timothy and, and the other early church leaders' relationships together. And again, how it wasn't just based off of one person, but it really was a community of, of leaders together, empowering one another and, and sending each other off. And so um, that's just my prayer for, for our students and our ministries, that um, they would be willing to relinquish you know, responsibility and authority to others because they've prepared others and developed them so they can handle that. Um, rather than just a careless tossing to the wind and, and passing off chapter ministries um, just to whoever will take it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a really encouraging scripture I've appreciated and uh, continue to meditate on even in my job today. I'm always trying to replace myself or pass off things to other people to empower them. So I think we can learn that in college in this way. That will really help our churches. You know, when you're a leader in a church, you're constantly thinking who comes after you. When you're in your job, you're constantly passing off and developing other people. Um, and I think that's just been a neat uh, carryover into the rest of my life that I learned in college uh, through Greek University. That's really good, Steve. Um, yeah, I think it's it can be so easy to just like hoard leadership, like to hoard mm -hmm. the resources we have, to hoard our gifts, you know, to hoard those things. But that's not what God calls us to. And I, I love how you pointed us to Paul and Timothy. I mean, Paul was continually giving over leadership and, you know, not in a haphazard way, like you pointed out, but in a strategic way of, you know, empowering people, uh, not always the most likely people. Um, I mean, Timothy was an interesting person in his background. Like his dad most likely was not a believer. His dad was a Gentile and his mother was a believer. And, you know, so he doesn't come from the background that you would expect to be this like spiritual powerhouse leader to take over Paul's legacy of leadership. Yet Paul invests in him. And so there's a lot that you can glean from that. And yeah, audience, if you want somewhere to start to really think through you know, leaving a legacy and empowering others in their leadership, First and Second Timothy are great uh, books to study uh, in scripture. Uh, you know, I wanna say to our audience who's listening to this, uh, you might feel like you're doing this alone. Steve talked about that a little bit. Of You might feel like you're leading all by yourself and how the heck, you know, God called me to do this and how the heck do I even think about passing this along when I feel like I'm so alone? Um, and Greek University wants to be here for you. I mean, it might even be God uh, reaching out to you through this podcast if you're listening to it and you're like, I'm so alone. How do I deal with this? This might be God's urge for you uh, to connect with us. Um, because we want to help you feel supported in your leadership. We want to help you leave a legacy of faith in your Greek chapter. Um, and it's super easy. All you have to do is go to GreekIV.org and fill out the contact card and we'll get in touch with you or, you know, follow us on Instagram at GreekIV. Send us a DM and we'll connect with you uh, because we are. We want, we want to connect with you with a mentor to help you along the way, whether it's a Greek IV staff who's near you or someone who can talk with you over Zoom um, throughout a semester uh, to just help you know that you don't have to do this alone, um, that, that God has people who can mentor you like Paul is mentoring Timothy and can help you uh, to be that mentor uh, to someone else in your chapter. Well, Steve, thank you again for joining us. This is a great conversation. It's been my pleasure, Allison. And uh, like I said, I, I've been the beneficiary of other people 
pouring and investing in me and uh, I'm happy to invest in this next generation as well, helping them grow. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Well, and on that note, we might have some bonus episodes for you, but I think this might be our last episode of the season, but stay tuned. We'll have some episodes this summer uh, to get you through summer break. See you next time. The Greek and Christian podcast is produced by Greek InterVarsity, a nonprofit college ministry for fraternity and sorority students. Our ultimate vision is to see every fraternity and sorority connected to a community of Greek Christians so that every Greek is just one friend away from knowing and following Jesus. To learn more, find a community on campus, or partner with us, visit greek.intervarsity.org.